You are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Uh, welcome and thank you for listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Steve Angel. I'm joined today by my co-host, Nick View. And this is episode number one. Um, what's with the name Traditional Outdoors? And it's probably not going to be what you'd expect. So on the other end, I've got Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, Steve. How you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Been uh, been a bit of a challenging week, but hey, we're here. We've been uh, we've been kind of kicking this around for for some time. I'm I'm really excited about getting it started. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? Kicking around the idea. Uh, probably the better part of uh, at least six months, maybe a little bit longer. No, I was talking about it a lot longer, but you were talking about it for about six months. <laughs> well, yeah, we're finally here, man. We're ready to we're ready to rock, ready to ready to do this, and I'm excited. Uh, I get to talk to you, and we get to do a podcast about stuff that we enjoy and love—the outdoors and and traditional archery and and fishing and other stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I guess for you know to kind of kick things off, um, you know, let's let's tell everybody a little bit more about uh, uh, who Nick View is. <laughs> who Nick View is? Well. Uh, I'm not going to give you any kind of fancy Hemingway response here or anything, but uh, um, I started, uh, I mean, I grew up in northern Michigan, um, Sheboygan, and uh, from an outdoors family, um, we, you know, my dad was was a hunter, my, my uncles were hunters, my grandpa was a big hunter, fisher, all fishermen, um, and I never really, uh, never really got into it. Um, I, you know, dad was taking his fishing and I liked that. And I always liked it. We lived in the woods and I loved to be out in the woods with my brothers and stuff, but never really, never really caught on to the whole hunting thing. Um, you know, dad would take a squirrel hunting and my uncles tried to take me deer hunting, but I really, really wasn't into it. I just, uh, you know, at the time, you know, it was more hunting to me. Deer hunting was more of the, uh, the, the farm variety with baiting and, uh, you know, guns or, or compound bows or whatever. And then and, and that was all right. But it just, it, it didn't, it wasn't really something that I really wanted to do. And I was involved with sports. And, and since, you know, my brothers and I, I have two little brothers, since they were involved with sports too, we were always running. Um, we never had time. My dad kind of gave up hunting and fishing for quite a while because, you know, salmon fishing and stuff, because we always had a tournament in hockey or, or wrestling or, you know, something of that regard. So, yeah, it just never really stuck with me. And then um, when I was uh, later in life, you know, after I, I, you know, went away to school and and, and got married and whatnot, um, I started feeling like I missed the outdoors. Um, and I lived in I'm living in Grand Rapids now and I was living in the city right downtown and didn't really go outside ever in the woods or anything like that. That just wasn't a part of my life. And being a Northern Michigan kid that grew up in the woods, that was really tough for me. And I felt like I was missing something and I wanted to get, I had just ended a hobby and I wanted to get into another hobby and, um, I wanted something that helped me with my stress. So I picked up a, uh, you know, I, one day I happened to be, I like comic books and I was reading a green arrow comic book and, um, Howard Hill was in it. And, uh, I, le- I learned about Howard Hill. I started investigating, and, and you know, of course, Howard Hill shot longbows and 
hunted with longbows and he he did all the trick shooting and Errol Flynn's Robin Hood and and you know I, I I learned all of that and so I went out and I got a bow and and after I got a bow I, I started wanting to find things to do with it uh, you know it wasn't enough just to target shoot and where I was shooting was a was a range um and there was all these bow hunters would come into this range and there was a traditionalist there named Bill Cooper and I started shooting with him and he'd always talk about hunting and uh from there I met a lot of people including our mutual friend Tom Jorgensen and um started learning that people people hunted with longbows and recurves and all kinds of stuff and I really wanted to do that and um I went out and my wife thought I was crazy because I'd never hunted and I got a uh, got a license. Uh, it took a lot just for me to buy that license. I uh, I actually bought my first. I bought my small game license so I could go stumping. And then after I got stumping and in the woods with my bow, I started feeling comfortable. I started feeling like I was a kid again out in the woods. And then I got my I got that deer license. And once I did that, um, I started hunting. I never stopped. And uh, I got a deer. I was fortunate to get a deer that year. Um, which you know was is pretty unheard of. Um, I think it was dumb luck to be honest with you, but I got I got a deer that first year, and um, I, I've been hooked ever since, man. And I know that's running through it, but that's that's kind of my story. So I've been I've been um, shooting and, and bow hunting since uh, since I was twenty seven, since two thousand nine, and uh, yeah, I haven't really missed a season since, and and yeah, I absolutely love it. And that's, that's, that's where we are. You know, I've been, I've been writing about it for a long time and, um, I've got a blog called life and longbows. That's life and longbows.com. And, uh, I'm currently writing a book, but we'll talk about that later. And it's of the same, it's of the same name, life and longbows, and that'll be coming out this summer. And, uh, and then I got to meet really interesting people like, like you, Steve, and, <laughs> and made a lot of friends and, and that's, that's where I'm at, man. That's, uh, that's it. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Now I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute about, uh, uh, us, us kind of, I guess, meeting online, which was kind of interesting. So, but you said you'd been hunting since, uh, 2009. So I guess this is going to be your, your ninth season. Yeah. I'm getting, getting near a decade, which is, it feels pretty wild. That's for sure. So I was, I was going back, um, today when I was thinking about, you know, we were, we were going to try to do this tonight. Um, and I was going back and kind of looking at, uh, some, some history online and so forth. And we actually, uh, first, um, started kind of exchanging uh, messages on Twitter in May of 2012. So, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been a lot, there's been a lot that's happened in those, in those few years. I guess that's what, uh, almost six years now. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, and you actually helped me with my blog quite a bit, um, especially moving over. Um, I, I was originally hosting everything on a, uh, I kind of bought into a uh, a server with some people, and uh, I wanted off that server, and I wanted on my own, and you kind of helped me migrate that, and that's how uh, that's one of the reasons we started talking as much as we did, um, but. Yeah, that's it's funny we met on Twitter. I hardly ever use Twitter anymore. <laughs> same, same here. Everything I do on Twitter is pretty much set up that it's it's automatic from from uh, other things that I do online. It just kind of shares it to to Twitter at the same time. 
Um, but I do remember you asking for some assistance with, with moving your blog. And uh, at about the same time was when uh, I was actually um, asking you questions because I was thinking about starting my own blog at the time, um, which ultimately became uh, Simply Traditional. Um, and I think I started that uh, about right about the same time, somewhere between May and, and June of, of 2012. Wow. I forgot that I started that. I started mine first before you, and I'm glad you didn't take my advice and called it angel's angle. I'm, I'm really happy you went with some <laughs> simply traditional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd actually forgotten about that too. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. You, you know, and, and the funny thing is I didn't even know you were from the South. And I should have figured that out when your email was bowhunterga or your your Twitter handle. <laughs> well, and at, and at that t- that time you weren't you weren't uh, we weren't talking on the phone, so you 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 know my my Australian accent didn't you throw you off? So uh. <laughs> yeah, the, and this was funny about this whole deal. Like I, even I mean I, I met quite a few people on Twitter and you know started talking to them, and and it's always weird when you first like meet somebody from online, like you're. You know, it's just it's just a strange deal. Like, and I'll never, I'll never forget the first time that we we actually drove down there and visited you, Tom and I. That was um, that was different. Like, you know, just the expectation and then just you know wondering like, oh, I don't want to do anything, you know, hoping I didn't do anything embarrassing and all that other stuff. And and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> the online life and and connecting tradition can, can are actually connecting. Uh, outdoors people is just fascinating um it's just a real cool deal but you know i know your your background's quite a bit different than mine um so why don't don't you talk about your background a little bit and how you got into all this you know it's it it's kind of funny nick listening to uh and i really i i don't guess i had actually thought about it this way until just now kind of listening to you map out to you know how you got started because my story is almost completely different now uh, obviously, for for the, the you know the people that don't know either one of us, there's there's a pretty good age gap between us. Um, so I've been I've been in the, I've been in the woods and the streams a, a good bit longer. But what's funny is I grew up in a in a in a household that you know really didn't do much at all in the outdoors from a, a, a sporting perspective. Um, my, my father was, and still is a, a tobacco farmer in North Carolina. So I was outdoors all the time, but it was, it wasn't, uh, hmm. it wasn't exactly, you know, having a lot of fun. Um, and I, you know, I can remember my father would, uh, you know, he probably took us fishing, you know, a handful of times and it, you know, it was the, the, uh, Zebco 202, push button reel with a, a bobber and a, a cricket you know it was uh, whatever little stream or something you could find um and you know i think he would he used to bird hunt a little bit but uh he you know i don't have very many memories of my father hunting at all so i really don't know where my drive uh for the outdoors came from but i i know it was there as far back as as i can remember um I've I've done everything from from fishing in small creeks with a a sapling and and sewing thread and and making my own hooks out of uh, straight pins just you know anything to get out there and try to 
to to catch a fish and and then from a you know a, a hunting perspective i can remember chasing chipmunks and and rats and you know squirrels with a um uh, a bent sapling with a, a piece of string tied to it so uh the drive was always there for me but i didn't really have um you know anyone around me that that appreciated the outdoors like i did um and there's there's all kinds of stories that i could go into there but my father did recognize that you know i had that desire uh basically because i kept it in his face all the time and on my 16th birthday he actually uh, gave me my first uh bow it was a compound uh it was a darton sl50 and i remember i was shooting the the uh east and orange 2117 arrows out of it and and the first broadheads that I were hunt, well, that I hunted with was uh, Razorback Fives. I don't know if you've ever even seen those or not, but um, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but I started familiar with the with the Eastern Rattle Cans, though. I started out with aluminum arrows too. In fact, I uh, my first deer was a twenty one seventeen with a with a A standard. So yeah, I actually shot aluminums for for quite a while. I uh, I still shoot aluminums from time to time. So. But, you know, I, 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 I hunted with compound for, you know, 20 years. Um, and in the mix of that, you know, I hunted with rifles. I've hunted with muzzleloaders, shotguns, you name it. I mean, it's, there's very little that uh, at some point in time, that, you know, I haven't, I, haven't, uh, I haven't done as far as from a hunting perspective. But as I, as I, you know, I got older, you know, I tried to further challenge myself. Rifles turned into handguns and um ultimately the handguns just faded away and i started hunting solely with um my compound and i guess this was my 16th uh season that uh since i switched over to traditional and pretty much been hunting with traditional ever since once once i shot my first deer with a with a longbow i was hooked there was there was just no going back so you've been hunting traditional for 16 years this well this coming year this will be my 16th year um that we're coming into i just the season we just wrapped up was my my 15th um hunting. wow i did not know i did not know that man like i knew you bow hunted a really long time i i figured you were around the the 10 year mark with the with traditional um that's that's wow you've been at it a lot longer than i thought you have been um you know, solid six years there. And that's, what's kind of interesting that you were just saying the dynamic between the two of us, um, not just in age, but the fact that like you, I came into this, like I already did all, I mean, it, it the channel, I already put the challenges on myself right away. Like I got into this, I, I knew I wanted, when I found out that there was a, there was a way to hunt where you gave the deer and get any game, every advantage. I was hooked on that, you know, coming from, you know, baiting and, and things like that and watching people just kind of shoot deer off the farm for, you know, for their food, which, you know, you know, whatever, you know, you, it's, it's hunting season, you know, but when I found out that you could do this, that was all my interest. And I, I don't know anything else. Like I had to, I had to learn how to hunt. You know, I start. I just knew that I loved the bow and I wanted to be in the woods with the bow and everything else I had to learn. You know, my dad taught me quite a bit. Um, when we got back into it and he was kind of tickled that I showed an interest even as late as I did. And I got him back into the woods too. Um, but you're from a completely different perspective where you were like an outdoorsman first and then gravitated to the traditional bow. Um, 
so that's that's two really cool perspectives that are complete opposites absolutely and i would say in 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 that situation i'm probably um more the norm Uh, i would say there's there's probably very few individuals out there that you know just picked up a, 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 a traditional bow, a longbow, or a recurve um, in their in their twenties and started and started hunting with it. You know the the um, the the industry and everything. Just you know, just our way of life is you know what's the what's the newest and the latest and greatest, and people tend to gravitate towards that. So I think you're I think you're just a, a very unique individual from the perspective that you know you you kind of went back to the roots to to start with instead of you know having to go the full circle and and go through the cycles where you got to the point where you wanted to make it more of a challenge you just you know you grabbed the challenge by the horns and jumped out there right off the bat well there's there's another reason why i did that though um i don't even think i've ever told you this but i i would i got big into in college um i got big into paintball and i was playing um speedball or X ball, which is basically, um, where there's bunker fields. It's not like, it's not like army style paintball where you're playing out in the woods and you're stalking each other and stuff like that. This is like a, a more of a sport where there's a flag in the middle and you've got a team of five and, and you're trying to get the flag to the other side and it's all coordinated, you know, planned things and, and a lot of athleticism and, and things of that nature. And, and also the markers you're using are super high tech. And for like four years, I was just keeping up with the Joneses. Like, you know, every year buying a new paintball gun and trading it for a better paintball gun and, and, and you know, that being obsolete and then having to get another paintball gun and then loaders and all this other stuff. And, and when I was done with that, that was the hobby I stopped doing when I got out of college, just couldn't afford it anymore. Um, and I remember my wife asking me, like, you're interested in archery now? Like, what? so do you want, like, a compound? And my dad said the same thing. I said, no, I don't want a compound. I am not dealing with all that technology again. Like, I've had that enough. There's technology all over my life. I don't want any technology in this. This is going to be pure, as pure as I can make it, and simple. And because and, technology, for me, equaled stress. Like, that was the part of the game I didn't like, having to always get something new and, and spend money on it and things like that. And, and the, the traditional bow was so different. It was so different. And I'm like, this is it. This is for me. And th- that's a big reason for why I did what I did. And and the other part of my perspective is, is you know, I don't gun hunt either, um, not even during rifle season. Some people think I'm crazy. And I go I go seasons like I'm like at the two-year plan, the two-year two, two plan for deer. I laugh about that all the time because that's usually what ends up happening. I hunt a lot on public land, and and um, I don't have any land of my own. So, And I hunt a lot from the ground, I'm mainly from the ground. So I get, I get skunked a lot, and I've missed a lot of deer. And I mean, if I was doing this to eat, I'd starve. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be hunting with a, I would be hunting a gun with a gun and I would be getting my one or two a year for the freezer if I was doing this for food. Um, but I'm one of the only people in my family that eat red meat. I my, my two daughters and my, my wife, Jessica, two of them don't eat red meat. Uh, so it's mainly for me to enjoy. So I'm, I'm an experienced hunter. Like that's, that's what I am. I'm hunting for an experience. I'm not exactly hunting for an animal. So I can go a season without getting food. Some people, that's not an option. They're, they're going to, they're going to get their deer one way or the other. The tool is secondary, but a bit of a tangent, but I did want to point that out. 
Well, it's actually, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a good tangent because, you know, one thing that I, that I heard you uh, say there was, you know, that you're, you're really out there for, for the experience. And, and that's, you know, that kind of leads into, you know, why, why traditional outdoors and, you know, why the podcast and, um, you know, if you don't mind, I think maybe we'll just kind of, kind of jump in there and start, you know, getting into, you know, what the podcast is going to be about and why we decided to, to go that route. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we said, as we said earlier, we've been kind of kicking this idea around for a while and, and I, you know, I, I wanted to do it and obviously there's always the time, uh, the, the time factor. Uh, I seem to always have more going on than I can manage to complete in a, a, a day slash week slash month. But at the same time, I felt like I needed something that, um, you know, was going to mean something to me, something I could get behind and something that, that I would, you know, enjoy doing at the same time. And over the last, I don't know, I guess it really started back, back during hunting season um, as a means of, of promoting my website. And again, the Simply Traditional website. Um, you know, I'm a member of a lot of various communities online, social media and so forth. And, and it's not just limited to, um, the, the traditional archery community. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, and one thing I've noticed, uh, really over the years, but it really just started to, to sink in recently is that, you know, regardless of what, what sector or, or subset or, uh, you know, little facet of the of the hunting community you choose to to identify with and participate with. There just seems to be a recurring theme that a lot of people have, uh, you know, some idea that if if you don't conform in some way uh, to some set of standards, that you somehow don't belong. Um, and you know, you know, I'm a traditional guy. I've been I've been a traditional guy for a long time, and for that reason. You know, I'm going to kind of pick on myself and pick on us because uh, I know you're a traditional hunter, too, uh, and use the traditional community as an example. Um, and really, before I get into that, you know, the, the traditional community, is a, a, it's a tight-knit community. You know that. We, we, you know, we're, we participate in the Michigan Longwell Association, and you just won't find um, a better group of people. I mean, they're absolutely wonderful people. But if you spend any real amount of time, um, especially on social media, it's easy to see that the the community itself is often seen as, um, I don't know, my way or the highway uh, type of community. (laughs) You you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, to say the least. Um, (laughs) You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, you know, people get into a discussion or ask a, a legitimate question on social media and they're met with you know the the keyboard warrior for the most part the the expert of the month and a lot of times they you know they'll they'll make the person feel inferior or the you know they'll say something makes them you know feel like they don't belong and i can't tell you how many people you know i don't know that they actually walked away from traditional archery or walked away from traditional bow hunting or maybe bow hunting altogether but if you see their responses sometimes if if you were standing there with them you have to envision in your mind that they just 
they got frustrated and walked away. Well, it's, uh, I mean, one of the things, I, I mean, society bleeds into everything, right? And we're in a certain period of time right now where it's easier to be separate than it is to be together. And one of the things that I've, I've learned over the years is, is last few years in particular is that, I mean, you definitely, I mean, this is no secret, but you act a lot different online than you do in person. If you're looking somebody in the eye, um, and you, you see, you see what's good about that person and that they're a person and you treat them a lot better. And I, you know, I don't know how many times, and I mean, just in, from my perspective and in my life where, you know, I've treated somebody poorly online in a group or something like that. And if I'd have seen that person in real life and had a conversation face to face, and they told me they shot a compound and only dabbled with a traditional bow or whatever, I'd have been like, cool, hey, that's awesome. Uh, you know, have you, have you done this? Have you done that? I mean, there's no there's no tone in online communication. But so every, naturally, everybody takes everything as being really, really negative. Is <laughs> they're getting yelled at or or they're being, uh, or they're being jerks. Um, and with traditional, there's an inherent, I mean, we're kind of already, when it comes to recruiting, we're kind of already at a uh, disadvantage, um, with people who are already sportsmen. Um, just because we are already, we have already separated ourselves into an elitist faction by saying that we are going to do things a hard way, a, a challenging way on purpose and that comes off as being, I think, holier than thou at times, um, a little bit pious, a little bit I'm better than you. And uh, you kind of just got to, I mean, you got to understand that that's how other people are already thinking. So that's the way they're going to take you. Um, and since there's a group for everybody these days, it's real easy for somebody just to say, well, I'm not going to join your group. I'm going to go join another group. I wasn't treated very well here. And, you know, that's not something that it's not always like our fault. You know, sometimes people come in guns blazing and they, and they have an agenda or they want to troll or whatever. And that's a different situation. But I do think that we need to be mindful that people come into this from all different walks of life and all different backgrounds. And we have to respect that. And we have to answer the easy questions that we think are stupid. And we have to, you know, reach out and extend the olive branch and get people to do this um, because everybody started somewhere. Uh, there's not that many people that jumped in like me and just said, I'm going to shoot a bow and I'm going to start hunting. You know, people are coming from somewhere. Uh, and that's just that's just something we need to be more mindful of, I think, especially with social media. And also understand that tone is usually going to be taken the wrong way in most cases. And I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. And I mean, I've ranted about ranting for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's just, everybody's has a bad day. Everybody has an attitude. Um, but you know, the worst thing you can do is get online when that's the case. Um, but we're in an interesting time because I mean, I mean, hell, when I, when I first got started this Facebook wasn't, we didn't have groups. I mean, we, you know, we were, everybody was on trad gang, right? Right. I mean, yeah. And you know, with moderators and things like that. So we're in a, the dawn of a new era. I mean, we're, it's so easy to reach out and connect to people now more so than it's ever been. 
On the other hand, there's there's it's even more dangerous. You can scare, like you were saying, you can scare somebody out of the sport real fast um, by coming off that way. Absolutely, and 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 you know I agree with everything you've said. And when you you know, and just so that you know, I'm clear in being fair, it has been by no means. And I do you you don't follow um, nearly the the number of groups and so forth that that I do uh, just on Facebook. No, I alone. pretty much I pretty much rage quit them all. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that, I, I've, been, I've been guilty of that myself. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, just for some comparisons, you know, start a, start a you know, what's the, what's the best arrow shaft material in a, in a traditional group? And, you know, it's very easy to see how quickly it can get out of hand. But, it, again, it's not limited to that. You know, if you look at, if you're in some of the other groups, it's, you know, it's the mechanical broadhead versus fixed broadhead. If you're in a... Uh, if you're in a, a general hunting group or a, a gun hunting group, it's the, well, a 6.5 Creedmoor is the best round there ever has been. And if you're shooting anything other than that, you know, you, you suck. I mean, it, it, it again, it's not, it, it's, it's definitely not limited within the traditional community. Um, you see it all over and it's, you know, part of it, like you said, is just the, the, the social media aspect. Hey, for, for lack of a better thing, it's, People have a lot more. <laughs> they have a lot more moxie when they're online than they do in person. You know, I, I've heard seen people say things online, and I know them personally. And I'm thinking, you know, if you were standing in front of this guy, he wouldn't open his mouth. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. And uh, the other thing with that is that I think a lot of the hostility. I mean, we're human beings, and. The, the particular, like you were saying, this is a great community. One of the things that makes this a great community is that there's a lot of passion in this community. People are very, you have to have a lot of passion to hunt this way and, and you know, suffer the hard seasons and, and the misses and everything. You got to be a passionate person, a certain kind of person. And when you're most of the most of the people that you encounter, I, I always joke about eccentric archers. We're all eccentric, man. Like we are, we're zealots. That's, I mean, we, we are a little bit nuts and that's what you get when you talk to people. You're going to get, when you talk to archers, you're going to get strong opinions. That's what you're going to get. They are proud to do what they're doing. They're, they're, they're passionate people. They, they have worked their whole lives or their whole traditional journey, their own traditional journey to find out what has worked for them. And they want everybody to know what has worked to them for them. And when they hear other people talking about it, I mean, they're just chomping at the bit for somebody to say, ooh, give me your opinions on Black Widow bows or give me your opinions on carbon arrows right. or, or what broadhead are you shooting? I mean, they, they're chomping at the bit because they want to tell you what has worked for them for years. And if you come with a different attitude or a different option, you're going to say, that ah, doesn't work. That doesn't work. Nope. You got to go. You got to go as wikis. You got to go as wikis. I've killed so many deer. And that's what you see every time. And it's like. If we just are Magnus, our Magnus, or our Magnus, Grizzly, or, or, or Ace, yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Single bevel versus double bevel, you know, all, all that whole deal. What arrows? Why do people shoot what arrows? You know, why do people shoot carbons? You know, why do, do people do this? Is the RD longbow better than a, a D style longbow? Right. Is, is, the, re, is and, a recurve better than a hybrid? And, you know, <laughs> and the list and the list could go on and on and on. The, the, oh, wait, yeah. The, but to me, and, and when I started, again, as we're talking about 
why the name traditional outdoors. There is another aspect of the traditional community that I absolutely adore. And that is for, you know, the, the, the situations like you're talking about where if you ask somebody's opinion, you're going to get it. It's the willingness and the desire of so many people in this community to be a mentor, to step in, mm-hmm. offer assistance, offer guidance, offer advice. Yeah, sometimes maybe <laughs> when it's not when wanted. Want but <laughs> when you don't want it. <laughs> but it's it's there and, and again being the, the the older of the two of us, you know, that's the way that's more the way things were when I was growing up. That's what communities did is they, you know, they, they would jump in and they would help each other out. And, and we've lost so much of that as a society. And that's one of the things in the traditional community that, that I do really like. Um, one thing that I happen to think about as you was going through that, I do want to just kind of throw this out, is one thing that you and I, have, well, we've talked about plenty of times um, online, is, you know, the, the, the quote, big tent theory. Um, and, and I want to make sure I'm making the distinction here that, I'm still not a big tent person. I'm not a, and I want to, cl- I want to quantify that. Um, I'm not a, we need to get as many people in the woods hunting as we can at all costs. That should be our biggest goal. I still don't agree with that. I'll never agree with that. What I feel like is we need to focus on getting more of the right people in the field and if the, you know, and that, that doesn't necessarily saying that there's a lot of people out there that are inherently bad. It's that a lot of people out there are going and heading to the woods that for whatever reason, they, they don't, they don't share the same, um, in some cases, the same values, the same beliefs. I mean, look, you walk in on any piece of public land and it's fishing, it's hunting, it doesn't matter. And it's easy to see that some of the things that we used to have when I was growing up, we've lost. There's trash, there's coffee cups, there's soda bottles mm-hmm. left up under, you know, at, at the bottom of trees where people just tossed them out of their tree stand. Those are the kinds of things when I say, I don't want more of those kind of people in the woods. It's not that I don't want that person in the woods hunting. I want to be able to instill better qualities in that person passing along the traditions being a mentor does that make sense yeah that makes sense i mean i i've always broke it down into appreciative versus entitled um i feel like when you have a lot a lot of a lot of traditionalists that i know are appreciative they 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 are appreciative of the land they're appreciative appreciative of the animal the the ability to hunt um, they're, they're in it to hunt. They're appreciative of the values that were bestowed upon them, as you put it, um, the traditions, the, the romance of it, um, the heritage, uh, where a more entitled hunter is, is success driven. I bought my tags. I'm getting my deer. I'm getting them with, it's all tools to me. I'm getting them with whatever I need to get them with. And that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to take every edge and I'm going to go over that edge if I need to. And I'm going to find the newest tech. I'm going to find the newest, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the near the line of every rule there is without going over and I'm going to get my deer. And that's what, that's what revs my engine that, that the, the trophy at the end of the day or, or the meat in the freezer or whatever that may be. 
And there's a difference there. There is a big difference there. And that that's why a lot of people don't really understand that it's not a, an organization that like PETA that we need to rally in a big tent and, and, and get behind and, and we need to, we need to go to war with them and we're going to, we're going to defeat PETA and, and we need to do that for hunting. That that's not the kind of organization that's going to take us down. Um, what's going to end up taking us down is getting, hugging that line so much and pushing that line forward to the point where we're just seen as just killing machines. That's harvesting everything. And, you know, that's, that's just going to lead to game laws changing and, and, and hard, tougher restrictions and, and all that. And I've always believed that I, that's why I am, you and I have talked about this at length. I am not a big tent guy either. I've seen too many bad hunters. I've seen too many entitled hunters. I, I don't want entitled hunters, bad hunters in the woods. I don't want to find wrappers everywhere I go and tape on every tree and tree stands up well into June. And, and I, I don't, and, and bait piles where there shouldn't be bait piles. I, I don't need that stuff. That's not something that I value. And that ain't the kind of hunter I want in the woods with me. Um, that's somebody that's going out there. They're doing whatever they damn well please. They think they own the woods and they think they own every animal in it and they have the right to take that life. And that's what that, that's not what that means. That's not what hunting is to me. So I don't prescribe to that and I never will. And we, you know, we might take heat for it. I, I don't care. That's just where I'm at with it. And again, I, I don't think Pete is the biggest enemy here. And I don't think we need to have an army of hunters ready to take on PETA. That's not what's going to be the end of all this. Um, and that's why I was, I'm really excited that you wanted to start, you know, this podcast because it's, I, I didn't want it to be like, we're talking about two, two kind of different things here. I know. Um, wherein we're talking about being inclusive, but inclusive in a different way, right? The right kind of inclusive. Um, it's hard to explain. It it, it is. (laughs) It's actually, it's actually very hard to explain. It's, you know, and again, I, I, just about some things off of what you said, you know, I'm of the firm opinion that, that any, um, any tax paying, uh, 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 American has the right to be in the field. You know, if if you're mm-hmm. a if you're a law-abiding citizen and you pay your taxes and you've paid your tags, you do the things you're supposed to do. Hey, it's not it it's in no way my responsibility or or my right to stop you and tell you you can't go in the woods. And that's yeah. that's definitely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is. Um, I think we, we as as fellow hunters, we as fellow fishermen, we as fellow campers and backpackers and hikers and you know anything in the outdoors, we need to be doing a better job of promoting good stewardship for our natural resources. Is really what it comes down Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Um, and you know some of the things that you said, the enti- the entitled hunters, and you know. I'm I'm the same as you, Nick, and you know. Hey, look, everybody that goes out in the woods hunting, the ultimate goal is to take an animal. I mean, that's that's what hunting yeah. is. It's you are going out into the field to take an animal's life. There's nothing more serious to me than that. So that's that's one side of it. But if you look and you think about where, and I call it the commercialization of hunting, but the the hunting industry. Um, if you look at the, the TV shows, 
the YouTube channels, the the Facebook pages, the podcasts. There's a lot of them. And, and you know, again, we're we're starting a podcast. There's nothing wrong with any of those venues. They should be entertainment. They should be mm-hmm. out there to help young hunters, young fishermen, young outdoorsmen or new outdoorsmen to learn. Okay? But what they in my opinion, and you know, you know what they say about opinions, but in, in my opinion, <laughs> We've gotten to the point, and I've heard other people say this, this isn't me, but we've gotten to the point where it's it's all about the kill. It's, you know, I've got to get out there, I've got to um, find, like you said, find every possible advantage that I can get to go out in the woods and get something on the ground as quickly as possible. And for so many, it's so they can get that picture on Facebook, they can get that photo on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. And, and they're missing so much, so much of the experience. And to me, that's totally, what it's about, is the experience. I, I totally agree. I, I, yeah, you read, um, I think that's why I have a hard time reading hunting stories uh, a lot, because so many so many hunting stories, especially from the modern side of things, are, are A and B, and you, A to B, and, and that's it. It's, it's, it's A. You know, I got my I got my bow, got tuned up, did whatever. Then B, I shot the animal, and you know they miss all the special sauce, everything in between. You know what? You know what was it like that morning? You know, you know, was it a crisp autumn or was it was it a, a muddy day or you know what what who who were they hunting with? You know what what was breakfast that morning? You know what were they thinking? Um, what were they feeling? You know that that's that's the that's the good stuff. Everybody everybody's got a story that starts starts out in the morning and ends with the deer on the ground in the in the evening, or in the afternoon. I mean that's what you expect out of a hunting story. But it's everything in between that makes a hunt special. I mean, how many times have you and I gone out? I mean, I've never killed an animal with you, <laughs> but we've had so many good hunts, so many memorable things, and the and the most memorable things hunts that we've had were things where little things that happened that were funny or, or calamity or, or, you know, just a terrible experience that ended up being really, you know, we, we learned a lot from it or we had just had a lot of fun talking about it. You know, it might not even seem good at the time, but it's good later. I mean, that's the stuff we still talk about. Um, but so many are missing that. Like how many videos have you seen that are like, like 45 minute video kill shots only? It's like, really? Is that where we are? Like that, I just don't get it. Like I want to see everything else and maybe I'm just weird, but I, I mean, that's, I, I mean, yeah, anybody can watch a video of an animal getting shot, I guess. I, I, I just, I don't see what the draw to that is. Um, well, at I the, don't know. At this point, I would just, I would love to see someone in the hunting in, industry, um, have the fortitude to do an entire series and and uh, you know i'm not talking about actually you know uh, uh, putting shows together that's just hours and hours of endless staring you know like the typical hunter does but <laughs> you know, go through an entire season and give the give people um the reality of what hunting is which is not uh, you know, 20 minutes of, of various clips showing how many days they've been in the woods and then they shoot an animal. What you don't see there is all the days after days after days that they never, they never aired a, a minute of footage because nothing happened. 
Um, and you know, I've been doing this long enough. I know, I know what sitting in the woods means. I mean, you, you're, you're going to spend more time in the field with nothing happening than you are, uh, for those, for those moments when you've got activity going on. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, hunting, as far as the hunting industry, I mean, I remember the birth of, of hunting videos and, you know, even back then, you know, Noel Feather and, and Dan Fitzgerald and several others. And, you know, I, I, Dan Fitzgerald's caught a lot of uh, flack and I honestly can say, I think some of it's deserved. Um, I can remember when he actually was trying to teach and he, you know, his, his videos were entertaining and I didn't feel like it was just about the, um, just about the kill. Obviously there were, you know, there were kills and he was known as Mr. Passthrough back then. He, he, he kind of developed a name for himself, but if you watch him now, it's a, it's a 30 minute to an hour long commercial is really all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's funny you mentioned the, so I said earlier, you know, we pretty much met in 2012. Our first hunt was actually your first, uh, out of state hunt. We hunted in the fall of, uh, well, actually the late summer of 2013. And, and I think we've been what four, we've hunted together four times now, maybe. Um, something like that, but yeah, I mean, every one of them, we've got those little stories, you know, the, um, the, the, the getting, getting lost in the geckos of make the geckos, <laughs> getting lost in the geckos. ghetto, the ghetto of Macon, Georgia, the, 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 the three era armadillo. I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds of stories that we have, but that you're right. How, how it, how it rains every time we hunt together. <laughs> it, didn't, it, it didn't, we would actually, it did rain the first year, didn't it? I forgot it did because it sent us it rained <laughs> it, it always rains one whole day yes it does <laughs> unless you're hunting unless you're hunting Cumberland Island and it rains the entire hunt and um, we and we sit in it because we paid for that one whole day <laughs> that's right that's right and we've hunted but no, more you're... than that because we it's actually because I've actually hunted in Michigan twice now so and mm-hmm. you've hunted in Georgia three times and South Carolina once so um yeah we've we've hunted. yeah what do we five or six now well, I think it's is that, probably six, seven coming up this year. But um, I mean, when you break that down into all the hours and the, and the woods and, and, you know, and stuff like that and all that, I mean, it, it feels like a lot more than that. I mean, I feel like I've hunted with you my entire life. It's, it's, uh, and, and, you know, since I've only been at this 10 years, you know, it's, <laughs> it's great. Half, half of it's been with you. So I guess, yeah, you know, but, um, no, I, and I, and I get you and, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll save the product placement thing for another conversation, but that's, that's another big turnoff of mine is I just, and you know, I, I get it today. It's a necessary evil to, to promote products and to get sponsorship and, and to make a living out of something you love. And I, I understand that, um, podcasting and, and blogging and, and making videos and producing content takes a lot of time and effort. And a lot of these guys that do it, they're not making that much from it. It's a labor of love and, you know, and they got to get something from it. I get that. I just, my, my big thing with a lot of the modern publications and things of that nature in the shows is that they, that, that seems to be coming first. And I don't like that. You know, don't, they're not sponsoring your experience. You know, they're, they're enabling you to, to, you know, it's, it's a deal. I mean, they're giving you a deal. They want you to promote their product and that's great. And there's time to do that. It doesn't need to interrupt your experience. It shouldn't take from your, your experience at all. Um, your experience is all on you. It's got nothing to do with the product. And I wish more people thought that way. 
Um, I don't think that's where we're going. I think right now it's, you know, we're in a hashtag society and every, everything's got to have something to do with something. And it's not just about searching anymore. It's about, Oh, well, this, this means I've made it, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or I got to put this every, on in every single post, I have to do it. Cause you know, these people were nice enough to sponsor me. Well, yeah, yes and no. I get it. I understand. It's, it's just, one of those, it's like reading, it's like reading an article and all of a sudden somebody inserts that they were shooting this bow with this broadhead and, and they're trying to do it naturally. And it's like, no, you can't do it naturally. Just leave that in the end, right. you know, or something like that, or, or talk about it at the beginning. There's ways to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, we just live in a different time now. It's, it's, it's weird being a traditionalist in the outdoors in this, in this day and age. In, in the phone era, it's just in the connected era. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I had a conversation with somebody who has a, had a podcast about this, um, a few months ago. And it was like, I had written a rant about this, about how I wish people would stop hashtagging everything and doing all this. And, and, you know, they, they took offense to it and I didn't mean it quite like that. My, my whole point was I didn't like where it was going. I understood it. I, I just don't, like the idea of being a traditionalist and trying to modernize it. Like, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I, I, I ever wanted to do. Um, you got to do it to some extent, but it's, it just feels wrong. And in my heart. Um, so I'm kind of coming to grips to that. And here we are making a podcast about traditional and traditional outdoors. Well, and, I, <laughs> so and, and that's, that's a, that's another aspect that I think is going to really make this, make this entertaining and, and, and good Nick is that, you know, I guess I have, I have lived both worlds. And I think, um, you know, as we, as we move forward, you know, this, this podcast is, is not going to be um, solely about traditional archery. In fact, I, I really just want that to be, one facet of of the bigger picture um mm-hmm. and when we're you know when we have when we have guests um that are outside of that traditional community i think i think that's where you're going to really add a lot of value because you're going to be able to ask questions that i probably won't think of because it's it's a bit more i won't say second nature but uh, i'm a bit more accustomed to it i've i've, I've I've lived that life, um, and that's. I think that's where you know it's really going to be interesting to see the things that that you think of to ask that I never would. Well, hey, I'm good at being a noob. <laughs> I don't have a problem being a noob. <laughs> so there you go. And there are a lot of things I want to know about. You know, whether whether it's waterfowling or 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 upland bird hunting or or uh, fly fishing or or anything. You know, there's there's a lot of things I want to do. Um, a little bit limited on time because of the kids, but I mean, I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot that, uh, you know, even backpacking, you know, stuff like that. Like I know at some point I want to go after elk out West, um, or mule deer. And, um, I don't know the first thing about backpacking other than what I've read. Um, there's, there's a lot I want to learn. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'm glad that we're going outside of this. Um, I mean, cause you can only talk about this so much. I mean, everybody, there's some great content out there. There's other podcasts that are really good. Trad Geeks, The Push, um, Trad Quest. I mean, this community is only so big and there's only so much to talk about, right? So <laughs> we, we can't all interview the same people. That's right. So and we, need, we need... And I, I listen to a lot of podcasts too. I mean, you, you just kind of rattled off a few and, you know, uh, I, I love listening to um, 
the Gritty Bowman. I love listening to Steve Ranella. Um, uh, I love listening to uh, South Cox and and his his podcast. So there there really are a lot of good podcasts out there. Um, and I'm not trying to redo anything that they're already doing. But again, um, because you you're coming into this podcast with kind of a different point of view and a different perspective, the things that um, the things that are going to be, I would say, entertaining, the discussions that would be uh, interesting. Let's, let's use that. The, the topics that would be interesting to me, I think you're going to find them more entertaining, and you're actually going to be a member of the podcast from the perspective of the target audience. In some cases, that I'm hoping that I'm hoping we're attracting. I'm hoping it's you know both seasoned as well as uh, as, as people that are good, just getting just getting into the outdoors. And one more thing, uh, you know, I know we're we're coming up on an hour and i do want to try to keep this to an hour the 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 only other thing that i would interject um as one of our goals uh that i that i really want us to focus on and then i want to talk about the website just a little bit um is the the aspect that you know there's another threat that we're facing as as outdoorsmen and that's you know we're we're seeing a threat to our public lands uh and i know you and you've already said that you you focus a lot on hunting public lands in fact i think pretty much most of the um the private land hunting you've done has probably been you know with with me but i hunt a Mm -hmm. lot of public land myself and i fish a lot of public streams i spend a lot of time in um the outdoors on uh, you know national forest or wildlife management areas um and I, i i'm actually almost i've got a few more months of, of payments and i will be a life member of a backcountry uh hunters and anglers a, a great organization that i think is doing a lot of things to um to help protect our public lands uh if you're not a member i would highly recommend anybody uh going over to their website um and again you can just search uh, backcountry backcountry hunters and anglers um and join up they they do a lot of real good things um so from a from a podcast perspective, from a website perspective, I hope, you know, we've kind of danced around uh, what our focus is going to be, but really it's about uh, promoting the outdoors, all aspects, um, with a somewhat mentality of, uh, from a traditionalist perspective. And when I say traditionalist, I'm not saying traditional archer. I'm not saying traditional bow hunter. I'm saying getting back to our roots, getting back to the things that we should be going to the outdoors for and that's the experiences that's for the enjoyment um mentoring others getting kids involved that's a that's a big deal whether it's hunting fishing camping backpacking if we don't get our youths more involved in the outdoors we're fighting a losing battle and you know a lot of the material uh that we're going to cover going forward um, i'm hoping we have a a solid focus on uh, getting kids involved in the outdoors um, and I did want to just briefly touch on the website. There is a website that coincides with the podcast. It's www.traditionaloutdoors.com. And the website, there's going to be some original content on the website. Um, uh, Nick, obviously, you write a good bit. Uh, we've mentioned Tom Jurgensen, another good friend of ours. Uh, Tom writes some. Um, I write for a uh, few publications as well as. Uh, my own website so there will be some traditional content but one thing that i'm doing is i'm actually spending a lot of time a lot of time uh, scouring the web looking for what i would call best in class 
uh, articles on other blogs, other websites. Um, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of that content on the website. Um, just a basic uh, brief intro, let you know what the article's about. Uh, photo maybe two um, with a backlink to the original site so that you know you can follow that. Uh, if the story interests you, you can follow it to the original source and you can read that uh, information. So it's, it's um, kind of a, a, a hub for, in, for information. Um, and then there'll also be in, uh, uh, news and information around um, uh, legislation, uh, public lands, threat to public lands, public waters, those kind of things. So there's going to be a lot of information on the website. We've, we've already got a lot of uh, information posted. Um, Nick's helping me out. Tom's helping me out. I've got a lot of folks that are actually looking for uh, and letting me know when they find good t content so we can, we can share that and get it out there um, for the masses. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. All right, it is exciting. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learning. And uh, I think a lot of people will in, uh, will enjoy what we put out. Well, I sure hope so. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've already been, and obviously you know this, Nick, but I've already been reaching out to um, some people. So we are going to have some guest spots. Um, there will be um, a lot of these podcasts that will be on various topics that, you know, will just be... Uh, me and you, Nick, uh, I know some of them that we're, we're kind of bouncing around is, is um, possible interview uh, or actually interviews with uh, Jay St. Charles. Um, if you're not familiar with Jay St. Charles, uh, his father, Glenn, is actually the uh, founder of uh, Pope and Young. So whether you're a traditional archer or a traditional bow hunter or a modern bow hunter, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Pope and Young. Um, got a few other peoples in the uh, traditional and primitive community that we've already got lined up. Ryan Gill, um, he actually has his own uh, website, YouTube channel. He's uh, really big into primitive, does some really cool stuff with primitive bows, and one of the best uh, flint nappers uh, that I've ever that I've ever come into contact with. And he then, wrote a good book too. Yes, he has. He's actually got a couple of books, and I think I I, I know he's got two because yep. I own both of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also I'm, I'm at some point too, you know, Steve and I aren't just going for celebrity either. I mean, we're going for, uh, I know we're both members of the Michigan Longbow Association. Uh, Steve's are a Georgia member of the organ of the association, which is, uh, it, it says a lot about the MLA that he would actually come all the way across the, uh, all the way across the country to the North side and, uh, and attend a banquet. And he recently did. I mean, there's a lot of great people in the Michigan Longbow Association, and uh, I'm a former president, and we know a lot of members and have a lot of mutual friends. Tom's a member, and there's a lot of great people in that organization that I'd love to have on the show, too, plus backcountry hun hunters and anglers. Sure, there's some people there that'd like to be on here also. Abs so. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's funny, as far as the, the Michigan Longbow Association, I'm pretty sure now um, the number of people I, I know and uh, have become friends with from just from a a bow hunting perspective in Michigan is probably uh, as high or maybe even a little bit higher than uh, the number of people I'm, uh, I know in my home state uh, of Georgia. So uh, absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right. Great organization. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so we're, we're, we're definitely bouncing some rounds, uh, bouncing around some ideas. I know that uh, in a couple of weeks I'm I will be hunting with Tom um, at uh, wild things up in South Carolina and yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, Tom and I are already talking about. We're actually going to. Uh, I'm going to pack up the 
the recording gear and carry that with me and we're actually going to try to record at least one maybe even two uh, podcasts while we're in the low country of south carolina uh, chasing wild hogs so uh, that should be entertaining and uh, like i said nick you and i've already got some some ideas laid out so uh, the next the next several weeks should be uh, very entertaining i agree any any closing remarks you have nick no i think that's it Think you hear and heard enough from me. I'd, I'd call this a good episode. Everybody knows kind of what we're about, who we are, and uh, we've got we've got stuff coming, folks. Stay tuned. Awesome. Well, Nick, I sure appreciate you being my my co-host, and for uh, everyone listening, uh, be sure to head out and check out our the website uh, traditionaloutdoors.com. Uh, we can also be found on social media on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, all of those links are, are already on the website. We would appreciate a follow uh, and any comments that you may have to, um, to support the podcast, uh, support the website. So please be sure to uh, subscribe and drop us a line. Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs>